Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with a brand new episode here in The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great now. How are you? Doing great as well. We got our week 12 fantasy slash NFL preview. It's been a chaotic week. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon. The Dolphins Jets first ever Black Friday game is currently going. And yesterday we had three games on Thanksgiving. So what a busy week here. Typically, you know, they go on like eight, nine week stretch of having bye weeks. But because of the Thanksgiving day, every team is playing this week. So it's good. Good fun. All that good stuff. But anyways, guys, today we're going to be doing our fantasy and NFL preview for the Sunday and Monday games in the NFL. It's going to be kind of similar to the Thursday night show as far as we talked about, you know, our, our must-start sets, all that stuff for fantasy. We'll go over some NFL stuff as well. But it's your typical weekly fantasy slash NFL preview. We'll go over our three takeaways from last week, our game of the week, two games to watch out for, lock of the week, and upset of the week. And then we'll go into that fantasy portion where I said two must-starts, two must-sits, two sleepers, and two busts. Without further ado, AJ, go ahead and give me your three takeaways from week 11 in the NFL. So I think the big one, is, one of the bigger ones is the Joe Burrow injury. It's kind of interesting because, like, he wasn't on the injury report going into the week. Uh, clearly, there was something uh, along the lines of some type of injury, but there was nothing on it uh, going into that game before the injury occurred. Uh, and just having him out for the rest of the year, having, I want to say it was a ligament issue, like in his wrist, forearm area. Uh, I mean, that's going to be big going into this part, kind of depending – what the Bengals are going to want to do for the rest of the year. Are they going to want to try to really compete, or do they want to tank a little bit, uh, go get another offensive lineman or defense defensive guy? Because they don't really need much more firepower on offense between Burrow, T. Higgins, Mixon, Jamar Chase. But what are they going to do with uh, on their line or defensively? So it's just kind of a turning point for uh, the Bengals right now of what they want to do uh, for the rest of this year. And Tommy DeVito keeps on making Giants history. I don't know how this man still is the starting quarterback, but he's the second or first ever uh, Giants quarterback to uh, throw for two, two or one or more pass or two or more passing touchdowns in two consecutive games as a rookie. I mean, who would have who would have thought that Tommy DeVito would be in the record books uh, historically for Giants with like Eli Manning, uh, with all those guys that he's going to be right there with the, all of them. And then are the Bills back on track? I mean, they were pretty solid last week uh, against the Jets. I know the Jets are pretty good defensively, but last time we saw Bills Jets, pretty big upset uh, week one and all that. And they bounced back, won 32 to 6 there. Uh, obviously, uh, Zach Wilson did not look good. He got benched halfway through the game uh, for uh, Tim Boyle in that game. They both had, they both, or Zach Wilson went 7 for 15, uh, Boyle went 7 for 14. Uh, both had an interception, but I mean, like, the Bills are back on track. I mean, Josh Allen, he still had an interception, still on track for uh, at least one turnover, at least one interception per game, but 20 for 32, 375 yards, three touchdowns. Rushing game wasn't that bad. Uh, James Cook uh, had 17 carries, 73 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray, 10 carries, 35 yards. Josh Allen, five, five carries, 14 yards. Khalil uh, Shakir looked really good. Ty. Johnson had three catches and a touchdown. KK looks solid. The only question mark still is Stefan Diggs, four catches, 27 yards. It's just been interesting. They've been doubling him or uh, putting best quarterback on him because he's the number one wide receiver and then putting safety on top. So the production really hasn't been there. But Stefan Diggs has also been able to take away a lot of attention from other players uh, and be able to open up the field for them because of how much attention he's getting. 
my first key or takeaway from last week, I should say, is are the Broncos back? Look, the Broncos beat the best team in football in the Vikings last week. Uh, they improved to 5-5 five and five on the season. They are on a four-game winning streak, and they're currently second in the AFC West Division. The Broncos started out 1-5, and five, and there was a lot of cause for concern, but give Sean Payton credit. I don't even think you can necessarily give Russell Wilson credit, I think, to an extent, but I feel like Sean Payton's more the, uh, the respect that deserves to be there for the Broncos is Sean Payton, his ability to really bring that team back. But are the Broncos back? You know, they're right in the mix now for the AFC wild card. Are they going to win the division? Probably not. But getting the wild card, especially with the way that they started the season, uh, is kind of insane. You know, looking at them as a whole, I was watching the Vikings-Broncos game, obviously, because I was a Vikings fan. With a win, they still have like a 28% chance of making the postseason, but it would have dropped down to like a 5% chance if they lost that week. So being able to win that week, or last week I should say, against the Vikings was huge for them. Um, you know, Moving forward as far as their schedule is concerned, with some of these big-time games that they have coming up for them as far as getting into the postseason, the Browns is going to be a big one for them. One of the reasons why is because the Browns have been a good team throughout this entire season, and they're going to be competing for the AFC wild card. Uh, but the Browns is going to be a big game in Denver, which is huge. And then they got the Texans, Chargers, and Lions coming up. So some big games coming up for the Broncos. They're going to obviously want to continue to move that momentum going forward. Second key to success, I said Commanders. What happened? Ever since they got rid of their DNs, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they really have been on a downward spiral. And they lost last week to the San Francisco Giants and obviously lost yesterday on Thanksgiving pretty mightily. You know, the commanders are just seeming like in full rebuild mode. And like, I understand, like, to an extent, the commanders were expected to be in a full rebuild mode, but now they're four and eight, I believe. They just look terrible. I know it was uh, maybe like a week ago. Ron Rivera had said that he doesn't feel concerned about his job security. Well, when I was doing the morning show today, I had seen that, you know, the commanders are going to reevaluate Ron Rivera's position as head coach, and probably respectively so. I love Ron Rivera. He's one of my favorite coaches in the entire NFL. What he did there with the Panthers, beating cancer, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, like Sam Howell seems to be the future there for the commanders. They got Brian Robinson, guys like that as well. And so you're going to want a bit more consistency from that quarterback position you need to have a good coach and i think having ron rivera maybe isn't the best decisions right now so we'll see what the commanders end up doing there but it definitely was very sad for them to see them go on a on a, a losing kind of skid that they've been on there but yeah it seems to be their season's officially done and then finally the chiefs can't catch a ball to save their life like they really can't and it's been very disappointing to see because this chiefs team we obviously saw in week one with guys like uh, uh sky Moore. Kadarius Tony not catching the ball, but Marcus Valdez Scanley dropped a big time potential touchdown against the Eagles. Is that the reason why they lost? No, but it was definitely a big reason for it. I mean, a deep ball in the end zone there. At the end of the day, look, they can only be so, you know, good, right? They have to find ways to have success there and, and get on the right the path. So if they're able to do that, then I think it's gonna be fine. But it starts with catching the ball. And I never thought I'd say that with an NFL team, especially the team, the caliber of the Chiefs. But the Chiefs really got to find a way to figure out how to catch the ball. Because if they don't, then this team is going to go down the wrong path. And they're not going to be contenders in the AFC. And these are teams, obviously, that can easily win a Super Bowl. So getting the ball in their hands and catching it efficiently is going to be huge for Mahomes. And getting guys involved. I mean, he gets everybody involved. Seems like there's like 10 guys with a reception per game. So catching the ball is going to be the first step in the right direction. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at Week 12. Go ahead and give me your Game of the Week. So game of the week, I'm going to go with an interdivisional game. I'm going to go uh, Jags-Texans. Both teams are kind of on the upswing right now. Uh, Texans have been solid all year. Yes, Graham, uh, CJ Stroud's coming off one of his worst games or the worst game uh, of his career against the Cardinals where he had three interceptions, which doubled the amount of interceptions or matched the same amount of interceptions I believe he had all year with having three. Uh, but still, only uh, – only, 
10 passes weren't completed when third when 27 for 37 336 yards I don't expect him to be able to, or I don't expect him to turn over the ball this much I know that I would say you were happy but about that but I mean it kind of <laughs> proved your proved your early on analysis of uh of Stroud right there about him turning the ball over a good amount I mean granted, this is the first time he's had a game like that I would expect him to have multiple weeks like that row the Jags' defense has been solid, and the Jags' offense last week, Trevor Lawrence really turned it on. Four total touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Uh, as a whole, the offense looked a lot better. ETM was able to do his thing. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley had a solid game for the first time in a long time. Uh, Sam Christian Kirk. I mean, Kirk's been solid all year. Uh, but the Jags' team as a whole was able to click, was able to click, was on the same page. Uh, and the big thing was Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he didn't have a single turnover in this game. He didn't have an interception. I'm not sure about some fumbles, but he went 24 for 32, so only eight incompletions uh, the entire game. So Trevor Lawrence was really on a roll. Grant, yes, they were playing the Titans, but the Titans defensively, I would say, has probably been their best part of the team. The offense has been very shaky. I know Will Levis had that first that first game uh, that was really good, but outside of that, he's been up and down. I mean, he's had games with no interceptions and I want to say two interceptions. Then he's had games with uh, where he's had only touchdowns, no interceptions. So it's just been very inconsistent there. The defense has always been right in the middle uh, statistically in the NFL between the amount of yards they've given up, touchdowns allowed through the air, rushing, and all. They've been very mediocre but they've been at least consistent in comparison to the offense. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a different for the game of the week. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bills and the Eagles. This is going to be my game of the week this week. I'm really excited to see this one. It's going to be in Philadelphia, which I think gives Philadelphia the edge. But I had said last week in the Eagles-Chiefs that the Eagles were going to lose. And, you know, I think the Eagles, I mean, they came into town and won and took care of business. It's going to be a very interesting match. As you mentioned, the Bills recently fired their O.C., Honestly, looks pretty good on the offensive side as far as, you know, where they were at compared to having Ken Dorsey as OC in their first game with Joe Brady. But they're 6-5. and five. They're trying to contend with Miami right now. As we mentioned, they're playing that interdivision matchup against the Jets, but they are currently winning. Uh, so it's a big game for both teams. For the NFC playoff picture, the Philadelphia Eagles are sitting at the top of the division two games above anybody else for the chance of breaking the number one overall seed. So if they're able to win this game, especially at home against the Bills, and almost not for surely gives them, you know, the number one seed in the NFC, but gives them a really good chance. And that's going to be something that obviously the Eagles are going to be going for. But this is Jalen Hurts versus Josh Allen. As you talked about, Josh Allen seems to turn the ball over a lot recently. So we'll see if that, you know, is is a big factor in this one. But at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a good game. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Bills in this one. I think the Bills do win. I think it's just more than anything. I am a big Eagles hater, it seems like. But, you know, I think for the Eagles are either going to win last week against the Chiefs or this week against the Bills. And since they won last week against the Chiefs and Buffalo kind of having a little bit of momentum with the new OC and getting a win and improving to 6-5 and five on the season, I think it definitely opens up the door for Buffalo to win this game on the road. But it should be a great game. It's a America's Game of the Week, and those are always fun, especially in Philadelphia with the lights coming on towards the end of the game, all that good stuff. So it should be a fun one there in Philadelphia. I'm definitely tuning into that, not only because i got fantasy perspectives on there, but just because it should be a good game. Potential Super Bowl? Uh, uh, not Super Bowl prediction, but Super Bowl like match down the line. We'll see if both teams are able to get into that mix there. Okay, what are two games to watch out for in your opinion? So the first one, I'm going to go with Ravens Chargers. Both teams have been solid, especially the Ravens. They've been a lot better than uh, a lot better this season. The Chargers have been very underwhelming uh, up to this point. 
Herbert's been all right. He really hasn't been that good. Eckler shows up here and there. Keenan Allen's been very consistent being the number one wide out there. I think losing Mike Williams, that deep ball threat, uh, I knew or I thought Quinn Johnson was going to step up, and he really hasn't. It's been pretty disappointing. Uh, so it's really only been Eckler, Herbert, and Keenan Allen, which is no surprise there. Uh, just kind of the big three offensively that's been there. But the defense looks solid. Cleo Mack, I believe, has like over 10 sacks this year, just really turning it around out of nowhere. Uh, Joey Bosa has been solid. The rest, same with Derwin James. Uh, but they just really haven't, haven't found ways to win. It's, they've gone through some rough patches. Uh, but going against the Ravens, I think this is the game that they really have to step up, especially if they want to really make a run for the playoffs and be able to be a, a team to actually be worried about. It has to turn around this week. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised with a really good opponent like the Ravens. They have to play on the top of their game. Now, like I said, the Ravens, they've been solid. Lamar, Gus Edwards, OBJ's had some flashes. Zay Flowers hasn't been as productive as recently, but he's had very productive games uh, when needed. Unfortunately, Mark Andrews uh, is out with an injury. He's probably, I think he is out for the year uh, with that leg injury sustained early on uh, just last week. I think that. This game can be can be a really good one between those two. And then Bills, Eagles, I think that they're an easy one, but I, or not easy one, but it will be a good game. But I went with the Saints Falcons. Uh, big rivalry game. Uh, it's called it's Falcons Hate Week. Saints fans, we hate <laughs> the Falcons. And I had to just keep I haven't mentioned that every single episode at this point. I think I have, except for the uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday episode because there's no need to. But Saints Falcons, I think it's always a fun game there. Granted, both teams suck right now. Like the Saints suck, the Falcons suck, that division sucks. But either way, I mean, when two bad teams play each other, it's usually a pretty good game, I feel like. It's either a lot of points scored or it's just a defensive matchup. Yeah, so for me, my two games to watch out for, the first one I'm going to do is the Ravens-Chargers. I think that's important for multiple reasons. One, it's important for my Super Bowl prediction, Los Angeles Chargers. It seems like a playoff game for them for a couple of reasons. One, they're playing a playoff team in the Baltimore Ravens. But two, it's almost do or die for the Ra- I mean, for the Chargers. Like, if the Chargers don't win this game, it feels like the Chargers are just done for the season. Like, they're sitting with a 4-6 and six record right now, playing up against a team like the Baltimore Ravens. They're playing at home on Sunday Night Football. Like, they can't lose this game. Like, they just can't lose this game. They have to win if they want to have any chance of making the playoffs. It already seems to look bleak for their playoff chances right now. So it's going to be a big game. But how will Herbert the pervert perform? How will Austin Eckler perform? I feel like both those guys have been very inconsistent, especially Austin Eckler. He hasn't been utilized as well as he has in years past. You mentioned the defense has kind of stepped up. A lot of old guys in that defensive side. But Bose is out. He's on IR. Khalil Mack has done a good job of stepping up to the plate. So for the Chargers on that side, like it's important to have success. And you obviously understand that just in general. But especially in a game like this, just seeing you know what these – Two teams, like this game means for both these teams, it's important, especially for the Chargers. It's obviously important for the Ravens, too, as far as that crowded AFC North division and trying to get, you know, maybe a one seed in the AFC playoffs. But for the Chargers, I feel like it's a do-or-die game, and that's the reason why I have them winning this game. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if the Ravens do win this game, just because of the Chargers' implications on this one. But I'm going to go with the Chargers winning. I think I said early on in my pick pick-em episode as well, like, I almost am just picking the Chargers, either to be extremely disappointed, but just hold on to my Super Bowl favorites' hope. But they got to find a way to turn around. If they lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they fire Staley on Monday. I really wouldn't. Um, I think they're going to end up getting rid of him by the end of the season if they don't make the postseason. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in Los Angeles. And for my second game to watch out for, I'm going to go with a fun one. I'm going to go with Giants-Patriots. Like, this is the game that everyone has circled on their calendars for the week. Two of the worst teams in the entire NFL, Patriots and the Giants, traveling to New York. 
I think more than anything, I'm just curious to see who's going to be playing for New England. We obviously saw New England after their disastrous performance in Germany against the Colts, um, you know, basically say that they are all options are available for quarterback, running back, like everything seems to be up in the air. Mac Jones said he quote unquote hopes so as far as starting this week. You never know Bailey Zapp. Even Will Greer made a pitch to Bill Belichick. So I think that's going to be fun to see. Obviously, Tommy DeVito coming off the week that he had, it's going to be fun to see if he's able to kind of duplicate that or if, you know, he goes back to his ways of just not having success. So it's more of a fun matchup here. I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this game. I think the Giants kind of got not necessarily lucky, but won a game that they probably shouldn't have won. Sometimes that happens in the NFL. I think the Patriots are the better of the two teams as far as their records are basically identical. Um, But I'm still going to go ahead and go with the Patriots winning this game. But it should be a fun game to watch just because it should be so bad. But who knows? These are two teams that obviously, I mean, the Patriots had Bill Belichick as a coach, and the Giants made the postseason last year. So it could be a high-scoring affair. But with both these quarterbacks and how both these offenses work, I just don't see that happening this week. Okay, what is your lock of the week? So I kind of forgot about when the 49ers Seahawks game happened or when it was being played on Thanksgiving. So it was 49ers Seahawks, uh, for 49ers beating the Seahawks, but clearly that game's over by the time uh, we're recording this and the episode's coming out. So with that, I'm going to go Chiefs over the Raiders. I think this is another, I think this is an obvious one. Raiders being last in the division or tied for last they're definitely last i don't know why i'm thinking tied for last maybe close with chargers but chiefs have been salt have been solid i mean they have they don't know how to catch a ball as you mentioned in your three takeaways from last week but even then i feel like that mahomes is just going to be able to will them in into another win it seems like he's been doing that all year especially when kelsey uh doesn't have the big games uh it seems like mahomes has to do everything he basically has to force feed other wide receivers into believing in themselves basically for the amount of targets that they get. Uh, So I'm going to go with the Chiefs over Raiders this week as my luck. Yep, I got Chiefs over Raiders as well. One of the reasons why is the Raiders just did not look good, in my opinion, last week. The Raiders haven't looked great, in my opinion, with Aiden O'Connell and their new-look team as a whole. They lost to Miami 20-13. I believe Aiden O'Connell had three interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. The Chiefs, I had the Chiefs winning last week, and they obviously did not win. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's on the road. You never really know, but it's an indoor stadium, Allegiant Stadium. Not necessarily a huge factor. Obviously, Raiders fans are probably some of the most egregious fans you'll ever meet. But at the end of the day, like, I think this is going to be a good game for the Chiefs to kind of rebound, get back on the right swing of things, win a game here against a division rival. I think with the inconsistencies with the Raiders and a little bit of, like, expecting the Raiders to be great, even though the two wins that they did beat were the Giants as well as the Jets with their new coach as far as and, and Aiden O'Connell at the quarterback as well. So really nothing to be too excited about if you're a Raiders fan, in my opinion. I think the Chiefs are really going to prove that this week, but it should be a dominating win for the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, a 31-13 to 13 or something like that. Okay, your upset of the week. So upset of the week, I'm gonna go Giants over Patriots. I know, and this is mainly because like the whole Patriots at every position being wide open, uh, according to Belichick. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Going to be the number one running back? Is it going to be Ramondre? Is it going to be Zeke? Or is it going to be someone else? Wide receivers. I mean, I'm surprised Juju Smith-Schuster still has a job at this point. I do not. I think he probably has less than 300 yards on the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, or I would be surprised if he had more than that. I'm just – it's just so curious what's going to happen. And the Giants, I mean, they aren't hot, I mean, but they're playing better. I mean, like, I, who knows? I mean, uh, Tommy DeVito could be that guy. I mean, he's not going to be. But I don't know. He's been gaining a lot more confidence and playing a lot better. Uh, and I would assume even with no one knowing who's going to be starting for the Pats at any position, 
Uh, even I think that Belichick and all of them, they're going to give them the edge uh, over the Giants coaching and just as a team as a whole because uh, the predictions, everyone who predicts games, they love Belichick. And no matter what team they put out there, they always bet on Belichick. But I have the Giants going in. They're not going in. I, I have the Patriots losing when they go into New York. So for my episode of the week, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Panthers beating the Titans on the road. Again, I just love the Panthers. It seems like every week I'm picking them no matter what. But this week in particular, look, the Titans have not looked great at all. The Panthers are only that much worse. or They're pretty they're pretty far worse just in general. The Panthers as a whole, I believe, have won only yeah, one game this season. They're 1-9. It's been disappointing for them, and I think that's going to continue this week here um, in this matchup. For the Titans, I should say, being disappointed, I think the Panthers are going to be able to come away and come away with a victory pretty easily. At the end of the day, though, like Bryce Young has not performed, so who really knows if he's going to be able to? But I really do believe, like, you got to give Bryce Young a chance. And I understand, too, like, some guys start off their career a little bit rough. I think the Titans are not going to play bad as well. I think they're going to finally get Derrick Henry going. I think this is going to be more of a high-scoring game compared to what we've seen from Titans games recently. Like, the Titans' offense has been so bad. I don't understand how it could possibly get quite worse. Obviously, it can, but I just don't see that happening, especially week so i'm gonna go ahead and this one i'm gonna go ahead and go with the uh the panthers winning on the road there against the titans all right let's go ahead and move into the fantasy portion go ahead and give me your two must starts this week so my first must start i'm kind of going with the main two wide receivers uh and slash tight end for the texans and nico collins and tank dell and dalton schultz i'm gonna go with all three of them just kind of as a combo one against the jaguars the jaguars have given up the six most yards uh, up to this point with three with 2,544. They have allowed 16 touchdowns, which isn't the, the most in the league. There's been teams like the Commanders who have allowed eight up to this point. And they do have 11 interceptions. But I like I said before, I don't expect CJ Stroud to be throwing three interceptions in a game, uh, especially back-to-back weeks. I think that he's going to be able to learn from uh, some of the mistakes that he made. And especially in that last drive, I mean, he was able to do whatever he wanted to. And that's why I expect a little bit more this week. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. That's why I had it uh, as my uh, game of the week. I think it's going to be a really fun one. I think that C.J. Stroud, I mean, I guess you could technically put him into that column, but I really like the wide receivers. I don't think they're going to run as much because the uh, Jaguars' runs defense is very solid, and they still are running, I believe, with Singletary. Then uh, Damian Pierce, I believe, should get some snaps this week or the very limited snaps uh, that he does get. And next up, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Pittman against the Bucks. The Bucks have also uh, the they've they've allowed the third most uh, passing yards up to this point uh, with 2,707 yards, 16 touchdowns to eight interceptions. I think Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss are great, but they got to be able to pass the ball. And there's really only one wide receiver on this roster, and it's Michael Pittman. Uh, I get it's Gardner Minshew, quarterback, but Gardner has been very, I would say, mediocre, but. He's been a, he clearly targets uh, Pittman a good amount. Josh Downs is really the only other wide receiver uh, receiving option. I guess him and Jonathan Taylor. If I would, if I was to guess, I would say the Bucks. If they're going to give up, oh, if they're going to give up multiple touchdowns or a hundred yards to anyone receiving wise, it's got to be Pittman here. Yeah, so for my first must-start, I'm going to go ahead and go with Kyron Williams. He was currently on IR, but he's supposed to be active. He was activated for Week 12 and is supposed to be playing. Kyron Williams has been consistent for the Rams when he's been on the field. He's been the number one running back for them, especially with some inconsistencies early on with Cam Akers and some other running backs that they've had, such as Daryl Henderson and guys like that. But his first two weeks, 17 points and 28 points, when you look at running backs, like you can't ask for much more than what Kyron Williams was able to give you. And I think he's going to continue doing that this week. I think it's going to be a big week for him, especially coming back from 
from injury. It's going to be interesting to see how he fares, right? You're going against the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't necessarily known for having a good team, obviously, this season. I think that's going to continue this week. So it should be fun to see Kyron Williams in action. And I do believe as time goes on, like you're really going to see how effective he can be as a running back. The biggest thing, obviously, was his health, and he gets to be healthy this week, which is huge. But tremendous opportunity for him to reestablish himself as a guy. I think some people are a bit skeptical about him. I feel like with Kyron Williams, especially this week, he's either going to be really good or really bad. But I'm faring on the side of really good, and that's one of the reasons why I'm starting him. But do know if you put him at your running back or your flex position, he may be prone to having you know some inconsistencies. But I think the the risks definitely are, are worth it, especially this week, especially if you're lackluster in running backs, which I feel like a lot of people are, especially at this point in the season. And then secondly, I'm going to go with my guy, Kate Otten. I feel like I say Kate Otten every week is a must start. He had that big week against Houston, where which was huge for him. He had 23 fantasy points. Last week, only eight fantasy points, so a little bit of a letdown there. But four catches, 49 yards. I look at that catches there, and I think it's perfect for him. Going up against the Colts, and the Colts have been in some shootouts before, and the Bucks' offense has definitely struggled, it seems like, as of late. So as time goes on, I really do believe this is going to be a guy that's going to have tremendous success, especially this week. Like, he's kind of a boomer bust guy, but he's been consistent even when he's quote-unquote like busted. Only a couple times he had like three or less points per week. So I think you're going to get a safe bet there with 10 fantasy points. When you look at tight ends, I feel like it's hard to come by getting a guy that's going to give you consistent points. And I think he is one of those guys that's going to give you at least some consistency, but more than anything has a chance to really kind of go on top and give you more consistency, give you the upwards of 20, 25 fantasy points, depending if he gets the end zone or not. I think this Bucks team is going to have a good job of doing that this week as they travel to take on Indianapolis. Okay, your two must-sits. So my first one's going to be Russell Wilson. I know he's been really good. Uh, these last few weeks, uh, Sean Payton's been able to, I won't say will them into games, but Sean Payton's been able to draw a lot better plays, a lot better play calling that's worked out for them. But going against the Browns this week, who the Browns, if their weak point of this team, it's going to be their offense, not having Deshaun Watson in there. Uh, but their defense, I mean, it's stout. It's going to be good. And their defense is also the have allowed the least amount of passing yards so far in the NFL, only allowing 1,437 yards up up to this point, only allowing nine touchdowns and nine interceptions. So they aren't giving up big plays. They aren't giving up a lot of touchdowns to the air. Now that could lead to Russell Wilson gains a few more uh, rushing yards, but I don't really see that happening. Uh, I think that's going to be probably a pretty low-scoring game just because the offense for the Browns aren't the best and the defense of the Broncos isn't bad, but the de- Browns' defense is really good and the Broncos' offense has been a, has been above average, but I don't see it. Uh, I don't see Russell Wilson having the best week. And my second guy, I'm going to go with uh, Hollywood Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. He has not been good since uh, Kyler's came back. I mean, he really hasn't had the good of a year as a whole. Only four touchdowns, 486 yards on 45 receptions. Uh, he really hasn't been that big explosive guy. And on top of that, if he does play, he's uh, questionable coming into this week. Last week against the Texans, he only had five targets from Kyler. The week before that, four targets. Uh, last week was two receptions, 18 yards. He also had a rush attempt for negative six yards. So there he would. He would have had 3.2 points if he started him. And the week before that, one catch on four targets for only 28 yards. So PPR standards, you have got 3.8 uh, points there. I just don't trust him. I mean, he hasn't really gotten targets uh, these last few weeks. And you would, and I would have thought that he would have uh, skyrocketed with Kyler coming back, Kyler. Uh, already being on the same page with Brown, uh, them playing together before, having a really good connection. And we haven't really seen it uh, at all. And especially going against the Rams, who are getting healthier, I think their offense will be able to move the ball more. Uh, but defensively, 
Uh, they've allowed, I want to believe it, I believe it's the 10th or 11th least amount yard, uh, least yards so far in the NFL. They've allowed 2,178 yards, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions. So they do allow a little bit, about two to one, it's a two to one ratio from touchdowns to interceptions. Uh, but even then, I mean, Kyler, I think that he's going to get hurried out of the pocket a lot. I think he's going to have a lot of rush attempts. And also inaccurate throws. I mean, uh, he's still coming off an ACL injury. I, I know that he's looked solid, but even then, I mean, he's still been a step behind what the Kyler, I think, will have to expect to be. And he's getting better, but I just don't trust him. I don't trust Marquise Brown to be able to get that separation to be able to give Kyler a good target. My first one's going to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson, or really the Browns cornerback. I believe Dorian Thompson-Robinson is getting the start. I know they did recently add Joe Flacco to their practice squad, but even if Joe Flacco starts, like you're not going to be starting Joe Flacco in fantasy, or you shouldn't. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I really like this guy, especially coming out of the draft and especially watching him in the preseason. I picked him up in my dynasty league, and I'm still going to hold on to him at least for now. But he's a guy that's had success. Obviously, last week, it wasn't necessarily a monstrous week, but he did enough for them. At the end of the day, like he helped them win. At the end of the day, they won 13 to 10, and he helped them when he led them down the field for a go-ahead drive. That was huge for him. As far as fantasy is concerned, last week, 6.6 fantasy points. Obviously, has not kind of jumped off the page as far as fantasy numbers. He is able to provide some more rushing attributes and uh, rushing stability, but he hasn't really showcased that. I thought that was one of the reasons why he had success at UCLA. And this week, too, they're going to go up against Denver. You never really know how Denver's going to play. They've been playing really hot, so I don't think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be easy for him to have a lot of fantasy production. But who knows? Maybe if he gets guys like Elijah Moore going, it's going to open up the door for a lot of opportunity. But at the end of the day, like whoever's starting for the Browns as far as quarterback, I'm not buying the hype, especially if it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Joe Flacco. Now, if it's P.J. Walker, who I've always loved for the Browns, then maybe it's a different story. But Browns quarterback, for sure, is my first must sit. I'm also going to go with Dalton Kincaid. And this is going to come as a surprise to some people. He's had really great weeks the last five weeks. 15.5, 17.5, 16.1, 16.1, and 10.6 fantasy points his last five weeks. But again, the biggest thing is playing in Philadelphia. It's not going to be fun. And if the, the Bills offense is good, I think there's going to be a good production attribute for him. But I think the wide receivers are really going to get involved more. I think Stephon Diggs, who I feel like has kind of had a quiet, not necessarily disappointing season, but more of a quiet season, is really going to get involved, which is going to help them out a lot. Gabe Davis has potential um, to get going a lot. So I don't think the tight end position is going to be one where it gets a lot of value. Now, I know Dalton Kincaid is probably a must-start in most fantasy leagues, and I understand that. But just know the risk with starting Dalton Kincaid this week, especially in Philadelphia in a hostile environment. I had said early on in the show, obviously, I think the Bills are going to win. I think, you know, their offense is going to do enough. But I really just think a lot of the production is going to come from the wide receivers, not necessarily the tight ends. But who knows? Dalton Kincaid's had a good amount of success, and he probably has a good opportunity to continue that. I just think the matchup's a bit too unfavorable for him. Okay, go ahead and give me your sleepers. So my first sleeper, I'm going to go with Jerome Ford. Uh, Jerome Ford going up, going up against the Broncos. He's really the only offensive player that I trust. Last two weeks, uh, he last week against Pittsburgh, uh, 12 rush attempts, 31 yards, one rushing touchdown, two catches, eight yards. So pretty solid week. The touchdown really saved him. But the week before that against Baltimore, 17 rushes, 107 yards, one reception, two yards. So a good there, a good rushing game there for him as well. He's been the lead back there, even with Kareem Hunt. He's proven it at this point. And also going against two really good offense or defenses, excuse me, against uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. But going against the, against the Broncos' run defense, the Broncos have given up the most yards up to this point uh, on the ground, exactly 1,600 rushing yards with 11 touchdowns given up. So that's what I'm going to go drone for. I think that 
if anyone on this team is going to be able to succeed, if it's D, I don't think it's going to be DTR. Uh, I don't really trust wide receivers because I don't really trust the quarterback situation, but they've been able to run all year. I know Nick Chubb is out and he's a great running back, but you got to give a lot, some of that credit to uh, the O-line. The O-line's been great this year for whoever's been running back, and it's mainly been Jerome Ford as of recent. And then I'm going to go for Andre Stevenson. I know that I'm not – it's a kind of weird situation there at the Patriots, but if I'm going to have to bet on any Patriot uh, to succeed this week, it's going to be Ramondre. He is the I, – I would put this out here – probably the most talented player on the entire offense. That's any position on the offensive line, any wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. I think Ramondre Stevenson extremely underrated, and he I think that he's going to have a really good game here, especially going up against the Giants if he is that lead back. Uh, the Giants have given up the third most rushing yards at 1,486 and 17 rushing touchdowns. If I'm reading this right, that is also the most rushing touchdowns given up by any team in the entire NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if Ramondre, if he is the lead back, getting over 100 yards in this uh, weird scenario that the Patriots are in and getting two touchdowns this week. So my first one's probably going to come as a surprise to some just because this guy is not really well known at all except the Vikings fans. But it's going to be Ty Chandler, the running back. Ty Chandler has seen an increased workload with Minnesota as a number two running back, especially with Cam Akers going down with that injury for the rest of the season. He's just really established himself as a number two running back. And if I'm going to be honest, he looks better than Alexander Madison as far as the lead back. Ty Chandler is a good PPR back as well. Last week, he had four catches for 37 yards. He had 15 fantasy points with a running back that's really not rostered. I mean, obviously he added his roster percentage from last week, but 15 fantasy points, I'm taking that every game for a running back. So this week, you know, going against Chicago at home, it's a Monday night game. You know how the Vikings have played in Monday night in years past. Good opportunity for them to really kind of change that narrative. And also, too, the Vikings just lost in Denver. Like, how is that going to shape? How is Josh Dobbs going to play? I think there's going to be a good emphasis in the running game because that's when Josh Dobbs has been able to have success with the Vikings. It's really, like, in general, every time teams are able to have success is by throwing the ball or running the ball very efficiently, which helps leads to throwing the ball. So... As far as that's concerned, I really think it's a perfect opportunity for him to have the success this week. I think he's one of those guys, too, that you could just start in your roster there and have, you know, know that you're basically you're going to have a great opportunity to have success. So that's one of the things that does excite me about him. And he is, I think, just a bit more explosive than Alexander Madison. And really the last two weeks where he's gotten in the game, he's looked way more productive than Alexander Madison has looked all year, in my opinion. And the second sleeper, I'm going to go ahead and go with Isaiah Likely. Look, Isaiah Likely, next man up for the Ravens tight end. Obviously, he was, he was rostered in 1% of leagues, now he's rostered in 29% of leagues. Really has not made any fantasy value all year, but that's because Mark Andrews has been there. I know Mark Andrews is now injured, which opens up his fantasy value tremendously. I liked Isaiah Likely, even last season for a period of time when it, Andrews wasn't even on the field, or even when he was on the field. Like I thought he was very efficient. I think he's going to have a tremendous role. He's a very, not necessarily more, more mobile tight end, but just a very more mobile tight end compared to Mark Andrews. And he's able to just do a lot of things that Mark Andrews cannot, but obviously Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews and has been in that system very efficiently throughout. So I think it's a lot of opportunities for him to have success, but especially this week, as we really start to see how the Ravens are going to look without Mark Andrews going into Los Angeles on Sunday night football. All these, I always say the primetime games are always funny to see what's going to happen as far as teams are concerned. But I think this is going to be a perfect opportunity to start Isaiah Likely, especially if you're weak at tight end. It seems like it's one of those things, like if you wanted to start Taysom Hill at tight end. But I think Isaiah Likely, you can almost put him as a must-start. There's always some risk to that, but I think he would get upwards of 15, 17, even 20 points this week. Okay, and then your two busts. 
So my first one is a player that I really like, but just going up matchup wise, I would I would bench him as because he, as solid as he's been all year. I'm going to go with James Cook here. James Cook, uh, last couple weeks, last week against the Jets, 17 carries, 73 yards, did have three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. So very good, solid, very, very good fantasy wise there. And then against the Broncos, the worst defense, r- worst rushing defense in the NFL right now, 12 carries, 109 yards, two. Ca- Catches for 11 yards. He did have the two fumbles and lost one, but that was his first fumble that he's lost all year, and the first fumble that he's lost since week one of last year. So I don't really believe that he's going to have any fumbles, not being his problem. But the Eagles' uh, run defense has been the best in the NFL. 100, only 118 rush attempts against them, which is by far the lowest in the NFL. Like almost by 30 rush attempts is the next team uh, with the least amount of rush attempts against them. 700, only lying 765 yards and only lying three rushing touchdowns all year, uh, which is the which is first in the NFL for rushing for least amount of rushing touchdowns. Good. Next up, there's like four, a couple fives, and a couple sixes, but they've been the best defensively at rushing game. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if the Bills had like almost 50 pass attempts this game just because of how bad uh, – the team or the Eagles have been amount of yards they've given up. Grand now most teams are throwing against them because they're either behind, so they just kind of go away from the rush attempt. Now James Cook could get some uh, receiving some time in the receiving game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had under ten points this week just because of how good that run defense is. And next up, I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts uh, against the Saints. Like I said, either these games are gonna be really high scoring or really low scoring between two. I'm going to say bad teams. As much as I don't want to say the Saints are a bad team, they've been a bad team recently. But their defense has been solid uh, up to this point. And then Kyle Pitts, I mean, th- I mean, this team's just bad. I mean, I or he's just bad at this point. I mean, Johnny Smith is taking his role at this point as number one tight end on his team. And they're also going back to Desmond Ritter ter- uh, this week. That's who's starting. Uh, and the Saints have only really had problems against mobile quarterbacks. And I wouldn't say Ritter is much of a mobile quarterback. I know that you and definitely myself, we're both not big fans of uh, Desmond Ritter. And on top of that, the Saints have given up just under uh, 2,000 passing yards with eleven t- or with 12 touchdowns given up, but they've also had 11 interceptions up to this point. So I don't see Desmond Ritter having much success in the passing game. And when basically Kyle Pitts is the number two tight end on the roster behind Johnny Smith, who's like 80 years old at this point, I just don't see success for uh, any or any, really anyone except for maybe B. John Robinson uh, for the Falcons. Yeah, who knows with this Falcons? I feel like they have two great picks there in B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts, and they never utilize any and Drake of them. London. And Drake London. They don't utilize these guys that they end up spending high capital on. It doesn't make any sense to me. It never will, and it probably will continue to confuse me as time goes on. But yeah, so for my first bust, this pains me as a Vikings fan to do it, but I'm going to go with Josh Dobbs. Look, I like Josh Dobbs a lot. One of the things that has concerned me is just holding on to the football. Last week for the Vikings against the Broncos, 17 fantasy points. You can live with that. But he's fumbled the ball a lot, and he's also very turnover prone. He does have tremendous ability with his legs, which is one of the reasons why I think he has potential to have success. It's almost like Justin Fields. It reminds me of the quarterback in, in that capacity. And they're both going against each other. I think this is going to be a defensive game. Vikings and Bears always play a lot of good defensive games. And typically when there's good defensive games, it ups the run value. So I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Dobbs, especially for where he's been at, drops to maybe 13, 12 fantasy points and is a disappointment to some of your fantasy teams. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Josh Dobbs continues to be the pass or not and help lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl this season. 
Secondly, my other bust is going to be Evan Ingram. I feel like I've been saying Evan Ingram every week. Last two weeks, though, for him has been very disappointing, in my opinion. Four catches, 12 yards. Four catches, 29 yards. Five, six fantasy points. It's not going to cut it. I think his uh, capital did go up and down just some of the, some of the good weeks he's had. But that's why you can't look at his fantasy position rankings, just because they're so kind of out ish and also outlandish at times. And so for me, going into this matchup here, the Texans, it's going to be a good battle. I should have probably named it as one of my games to watch out for, even the game of the week. But it's going to be a good battle. I believe the Texans can take the control of the AFC South or at least tie the Jaguars with a win. So there's going to be a lot of defense in this one. And I think the Texans' defense is a bit underrated compared to some of the other teams in the league. So I'm not liking Evan Ingram. I'm not really liking T-Law, but I haven't really liked T-Law in his career to begin with. So I don't think I can necessarily put the blame on T-Law just yet. But I think as time goes on, it'll be an intriguing battle but for me especially this week i'm definitely shying away from evan ingram as much as possible well thank you guys for listening to another episode of the truth i hope you guys did enjoy it if you guys did make sure you follow the truth on twitter the truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth including podcast dates podcast uploads and other important information of value make sure you do follow the truth on instagram and tiktok as well at the.tt.truth we do an instagram live every tuesday at 12 30 p.m eastern Time. And then we post the highlights and clips from those Instagram lives on the Instagram and TikTok pages in case you guys did miss the live stream. But I do appreciate you guys watching. I hope you guys enjoy week 12 in the NFL. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.